Hey, it's Nick Walters again with the Industrial Hemp Growers Digest podcast brought to you by the National Hemp Growers Cooperative. And as always, each month, a legal update from our friends at the uh, Bradley uh, Law Firm and their cannabis uh, uh, legal group uh, with uh, Hunter Robinson and Whit Steinecker. Uh, guys, welcome back yet again for our end of the year conversation uh, as it relates for all things uh, legal for the industrial hemp world. Thanks for being back with us. Always happy to be here. Thanks for- yep. Thank- if there were frequent flyer miles for being guests on this podcast, y'all would be flying first class. You you know that, right? Okay. Without, um, Does that mean you're going you to throw some free cocktails at us? There, there could be, uh, um, uh, there could be, yes, it could happen. Um, not that I want to admit that and, you know, but, but yes, that could happen. That could, <laughs> that could certainly take place. Hey, you know, one of the things that I enjoy doing with, uh, uh, our guest on the podcast is their, what I call their hemp aha moments, when and where along the way. Uh, in this this journey, did they start to think, hey, this is really cool. This is really something that we, you know, we are intrigued by this. I want to know more about this and kind of found their way into the into the industry. And I was thinking the other day, all the conversations that we've had, I've never asked you all that question. And and I'd really love to be able to learn not just from uh, unless there's some legal thing in particular but about not only about how you guys uh, both got into it and, and got interested in it. Um, Cause I know you do stuff with cannabis as well as, as well as with, with, but then also, you know, a, a uh, multi-state, very stable, um, uh, multi-practice um, law firm like Bradley that has been around however many <laughs> To have them be interested in how that kind of works internal to say, hey, we need to have a, a you know a, a practice group from within a within um, within a firm like that. I just think it's an interesting dialogue and conversation. So, sure, All Hunter, right. you want to? Hunter's had a, a a longer, more personal relationship with the hemp plant, <laughs> the cannabis plant. Um, than uh than i have so maybe hunter should start i'm happy to um although wit has a few extra years on me so i'm not sure chronologically <laughs> that that works out that way but um i mean i think from kind of a i'll i can start with kind of the personal aha moment and then maybe we can share his and transition into how bradley started doing this work um but for me, you know, I think it's always been as a as a law nerd and then somebody that, uh, you know, won't disclose any personal relationships with the plant ever. Uh, I always thought it was an interesting deal, um, you know, as as California and Colorado legalized under state law at this point, you know, two decades ago or close to that. And the federal government's kind of handoff to it. Um, and. Yeah, growing up, we always did a, a family Christmas ski trip, normally to Colorado, and so from a you know early teen years was was going out there, seeing it, it legalized, and and seeing the fact that I wasn't falling 
or, and nowhere close to that. And, and, and life seemed to kind of progress as normal. Um, it was always kind of interesting to see that, to watch that. Um, and then over the last seven or eight years, um, having legalization kind of spread uh, on the marijuana side and the federal government continue to take a, a hands-off approach, always created interesting legal issues. Um, and then that led, you know, in the, the, the late 2010s to the first farm bill and then bill legalizing him uh, under federal law and seeing that industry kind of evolve um, was, was both interesting from kind of a scientific and medical and industrial standpoint and then continue to be interesting. And I think that is a kind of good handoff spot for to wit to how Bradley got involved to, um, you know, I'll leave it with kind of watching the dominoes fall uh, pretty quickly on the state marijuana side. And then the, the, the 2018 farm bill um, and our footprint being in the Southeast, I, I, that's where I'll hand it off to wit. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was, somebody asked me that a few months ago. I, I wish there was some uh, moment of, of great inspiration that I can point to. Um, but some of it was just a sort of a series of, of events that, and good fortune, um, as, as as often the case with things like this. Um, I, I would, I, uh, just made partner at our firm, um, and frankly was looking to do a little different than I've been doing for the past, um, few years and kind of looking for something that I could, you know, would have more of control over and, and sort of a more niche oriented instead of generalist. And, uh, it wasn't hard to see that, you know, cannabis was growing. I mean, this was 2016, 2017. Um, it was already certainly growing uh, substantially out west on the marijuana side. You knew it was going to happen eventually in the in, in our geographic footprint in this generally the southeast. Um, Florida was already, uh, for example, uh, coming online. Um, you just didn't know when, frankly. It, I thought, but um, we really got into it thinking, let's our our institutional clients. You know, we, to your point, Nick, our firm's been around at this point for over. We have a bunch of institutional clients. You know, banks, commercial real estate companies, insurance companies, things like that, and we knew they were going to start asking questions, mm-hmm. and we thought that our advice would more would really be more geared uh, questions for service providers. Um, you know, am I allowed to give power uh, if I'm a power company to this uh, cannabis operator? Um, and so it started pretty small. We wrote an article uh, about um, Hunter, uh, one of our other partners and I uh, wrote an article uh, just to sort of dip our toe in the water and immediately got a phone call from a financial services company uh, and farm bill passes. I think uh, Canadian legalization happened like a week later uh, at the federal level. The farm bill passed about a month and a half later and to some extent we were off to the races and the 
that my my aha moment, I guess, came when those when those, that stuff all happened. I went to a conference in, in New Orleans and saw all the ways the people using hemp. Um, and it occurred to me. I mean, I, 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 I if I had thought about it, I would have thought hemp is but they make the little Grateful Dead belts out of with the dancing bears um, and maybe rope. Uh, I don't know that I thought. Maybe I would do that at some point they used it for paper. But uh, I had no idea about the possible uses of it. And once you started to see what people not only were currently but what they were thinking it might be a substitute for um, it didn't take long to start doing the math in your head about what the market was going to look like. And if the market was going to look like that, then, you know, what it was going to be. And, and then it didn't take long to look around and see there weren't many people doing it. And so that, that sort of quickly became a, hey, this is something where if we become uh, knowledgeable, we can, uh, we can and, you know, obviously there's a compensation aspect of it, but there's there's an excitement level to, you know, being thought leaders in a way that in our traditional practices um, would have been harder to do. You know, these uh, our other practices, you know, that we had 100 people at the firm doing it and the laws have been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years. This was something that, you know, the law was being made every day and we were the only people doing it. So, um, it, that was, uh, that was sort of how it all came together. Um, and then it was a question, uh, of how do we, how do we make it a, a firm thing and not just something that a few of us were sort of clandestine. And, uh, I guess that required the firm to have sort of an aha moment, uh, as well. So, uh, I'm happy to talk about that, but that's, that's, that was sort of the personal, uh part of, for me yeah well it's kind of like you know it's, there are some people that say because of a health issue either their own health issue or a family member's health issue that typically kind of around cbd or maybe some other things just in the feed or something like that they just were searching searching for you know the right thing that was going to help their loved one or themselves, or they had, you know, whatever the kind of, and then from there, then they get to the spot, they go, Oh, it would do all the rest of this. Right. But then there are other folks that look at it's kind of the same way that we got involved with the co-op is sometimes when there's confusion, there's opportunity. And, and when somebody doesn't really understand how all the pieces are coming and understanding that, that I, I think anyway, because there was all this, Work done by people who were try- who were preaching the hemp message for decades. That there was pent up little spot there, little spot somewhere else. And then when you know the shots were fired at Lexington and Concord, right? It all just kind of <laughs> boomed, right? Because then there were all these other folks that started to come to the forefront. We had this div- that were all interested in what the plant could do. And and uh, because of the CBD gold rush, good and bad that happened from all that, it just seems like it opened up a whole lot of spots. And for y'all, maybe what I'm hearing you say is 
some of that. But at the same time, we had clients of folks that we'd already been working with and had been working with for a long period of time, built a whole bunch of our book of business off of that. And we knew that they would be interested to know and want to know about, hey, man, what the heck is all this? Is it really legal? What's going on with all these states putting together their own hemp laws? What is that all about? You know, just because the Fed said it was okay in the farm bill didn't mean that it was okay in the state of Georgia yet. What's that all about? Tell me more. And then y'all were able to be in a spot that as an opportunity. And then obviously the firm at some point in time saw that as an opportunity and then put the resources and the time for y'all to kind of carve this thing out. I mean, it's unless I missed something, unless I was asleep. No, uh, that's, that, that's it. And, you know, a lot of what was happening currently, what it, it was in, 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 not coincidentally either. I mean, I think it was a result of everything you just said. Uh, society was changing and stigmas were changing. Um, and and that was a huge part, uh, both of the development of the plant and and the laws uh, around it, uh, but then things like our take it on. I mean, I think um, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, if you think back, Let's just take it back to like 2015, or certainly if you went back 10 years, but even less than that, um, the, you know, the polling was significant. All the stuff that it, there was, and I think that a lot of this has to do with just anecdotal stuff. You know, almost everybody knows somebody who, um, you know, either uh, is doing some you know, uh, CBD on the hemp side or. Now, you know, all sorts of uh, uh, variants of uh, of the hemp plant that we didn't even know about at that point. Um, and and turns out that, you know, ladies, um, I'm not going to name any in my family, uh, who, you know, I'll be seeing this, uh, this, this coming up holidays, who are going to show me the gummies that they use to fall asleep. Yeah. Um, and I never. And at least in my right. family, and I think a lot of families, um, you know, just a few years ago. And then, um, you know, almost everybody I feel like knows somebody who was suffering from, um, you know, cancer or some other sort of disease. And, you know, right. the only way they got through, um, you know, a gummy that their daughter's friend had brought over. And maybe they prayed over it for a few weeks before they wanted to do it because they so long believed that it was a horrible product. And then once they did it, they found better than, um, you know, the pills that had been prescribed. And so I feel like that that really got people thinking, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't the devil's lettuce. And that was a huge impediment, I think, for a lot of people saying, um, should we be a part of this? And I think by the time we were able to approach sort of firm management, I think that was when a lot of those stigmas were going away and people started there's still some guardrails we want to put on this stuff but why don't you know let's let's give you guys a little bit of room to run and we're going to require a lot of judgment and we're going to work with the right people but there's a benefit here there's clearly a market opportunity uh, but also uh, you know I think 20 years ago, if we would have announced the cannabis practice, I think a lot of clients would have called up and said, you know, what the hell are you guys doing? And I'll, I'll 
experience, but I did not have a single person contact me in a negative in a negative way um, or worried about the what it would mean for the perception of the firm. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, most of Canvas clients I have are, you know, that's the main thing they want to talk about outside of what I'm doing for them at the moment for their particular issue. They find it interesting. And, you know, to kind of piggyback on one other thing with said, uh, another one of my aha moments shortly after we started work and, and it kind of started marketing informally in, in 2017, 2018, um, I was home for Christmas and my uh, grandmother is a sweet, old, very traditional Southern Baptist lady, doesn't drink, doesn't cuss, uh, pretty straight and narrow. And I'm telling her, you know, and the rest of the family about it over Christmas. And, and she says, you know, well, you know, I just don't think if, if, if alcohol is legal, I, I just don't see why, why, why marijuana shouldn't be, too. And, you know, that's a line you hear all the time. But you know, uh, a moment I had is, is when you get that constituency, you know, right. the, you know, traditional, conservative, religious, uh, teetotaling, uh, you know, person in their 70s, 80s, when they're saying that, you know, this needs to change, you know, maybe not in those exact words. That's right. what they're implying. I mean, once right. you have that constituency, <laughs> you know, the dam is kind of broken. Um and I say that recognizing that the federal government still hasn't really made any moves, but uh, right. you know, that's kind of speaks. That's right. Well, when you got the Meemaw factor, give, you know, not fighting you, that's at least a, that's a, that's a victory. And then if you right. can move from there to say, I know so-and-so, I got a friend of mine, that's the kind of stuff I would hear. I got a friend of mine, she her shoulder to work. She'd been to everything, gone to all the rest of that, you know, da, 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 da. She got some of this CBD, got with the right group, put it on there, and by golly, she can sleep through the night now, and she doesn't have right. doesn't have pain. You start getting little stories like that all around, and you start adding up, and then when you have groups like like you know the 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 um, uh, you start putting things on the ballot, you know, on an initiative way like we did here in Mississippi to get you know, and it gets eighty percent of starting to get an idea. It ain't just a bunch of weed smokers out there, okay? Right. I mean, these are people that understand a lot more than sometimes maybe we all give them credit on. But it gives us that opportunity to be able to talk about hemp. And, oh, by the way, did you know, let's tell you about the other things and what it can do. And we're certainly finding part of that as well, too. So that's cool. Well, I don't, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but also basically now that this every single conversation I have in the my job now uh, because that's all anybody either they they know that this is what I do so they want an update when they see me for the first time in a few weeks or months or they find out through the course of a conversation that that's what I do and then conversations about marijuana so uh, you know there's worse things to talk about I guess I mean it's it, uh, it got, you know we could be talking about class action civil procedure, which would be pretty boring. Uh, but uh, it, 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 is, it is certainly regard. <laughs> Nobody comes up to you at the party or, you know, at tailgate and go, tell me more about, uh, uh, you know, what the uh, Sarbanes-Oxley laws are doing right now. Tell me how that fits into uh, how I operate my checking account. Nobody. Yeah, that's what I used to do to, uh, before CBD companies came around to put people to sleep. Was telling my, my pitch about the Sarbanes Oxley Act. <laughs> I bet it worked. I bet it was incredibly effective. Right? <laughs> that's terrific. 
that's great to know about that. And, and look, you guys have, have really put a stake in the ground and in a place where, as you're saying, Hunter, uh, uh, an assumption would be there and probably in some reality of what it would be to kind of get pushback about even dealing with any of this. <laughs> and it's encouraging to know that for the industry. And it's encouraging to know that the work that y'all are bringing to your, your background and your abilities uh, to be able to communicate part of that message and, and help others from the private sector side that want to be able to invest and want to be able to give the support because if there's not capital infusion that's continuing to happen in this industry, it's all just, you know, following the Grateful Dead and talking about how good it's going to be one day. And not for us on our end, that doesn't help our growers be able to put a nickel in their pocket. And and um, uh, the work of things like that that y'all have done, have really it, it's it's made an impact and in a positive way. So thank you for what you've done and, and thought about it. So I'm personally grateful. Um, as we go into Thanksgiving, to think about uh, the time that y'all have spent with us each month. I, I hear feedback from people uh, all the time about I learned about something. I didn't know about that. That was some information. Y'all don't talk in, in lawyer language with folks who who don't understand. Kind of they're, they're following and tracking the things that are important. So thanks for all of that. I'm glad to do it. Very cool. So any crystal balls that we need to be thinking about that uh, we'll be watching for uh, this upcoming year of anything in particular that is working its way through uh, the legal system or things that we certainly are going to be watching, how courts decide on various issues as it relates to particularly industrial hemp? I, I guess that a lot of it's more on the cannabis side, but um, other than maybe Delta yeah, 8, but that impact? The yeah, farm bill next year. So we'll get a new farm bill, and uh, it, it'll be probably hugely consequential uh, for the industry. And um, hopefully, in a way that is uh, more progressive uh, and, and that liberalizes, not in a partisan way, but in a, a right. you know, opens up the, the, um, uh, the industry even more and hopefully not in a more regressive way. You know, are they going to some gray areas, loopholes and how they resolve those uh, are going to be very significant. Uh, and there could be um, developments uh, that we don't even haven't even, you know, contemplated just as we don't, wouldn't have contemplated for the 2018 farm bill. So sure. um, I think that'll be the big, that'll be the, the biggest temp news that we know about, but if there's anything we know about this industry is that it's, you know, don't, don't stray far from the news on any given day. But <laughs> right. Well, and I really uh, think, and we can kind of, at least y'all got something extra to, to add to that, Hunter. Um, I really think the fact that the, the things that we're doing with industrial on, on all of the other products and things that can be made as pieces that are coming from the when we start having that dialogue, then, then, at the, even if there's negative, as it might relate to the loophole of Delta Aid or the FDA regulation or whatever, to be able to say, okay, don't forget about all the rest of this opportunity that's out there too. I think it, I don't know that we could have had that dialogue as detailed or as in depth in the last farm bill um, uh, without having some reality 
that are actually processing hemp and, you know, hemp creek getting approved in the, you know, residential codes for, you know, all these things like that, that have moved it, I think, to a different level. So I think there's a, a positive thing that has happened from that. Yeah. And the one other thing I would add towards the new year, this is something we've spoken about on this podcast and our blog, um, you know, the lame duck session session, uh, at the federal level, leave some room for reform, uh, of any sort of substantial reform, like descheduling or rescheduling is extremely slim. Um, but you know, as we've discussed before, the safe banking act as a standalone piece has had probably a filibuster proof majority of votes. Um, and there has been talks about adding some of the social equity components, um, that some of the Democratic senators have been asking or have been kind of conditioning safe passage on. Um, so that is one thing that I think they're on in the next couple of months at the federal level, um, which would have a huge impact in both the marijuana and the hemp industry. You know, I know a lot of our hemp clients, despite the fact that uh, banking hemp is really not much of an issue under federal law, may have some extra compliance. Um, but they still struggle to get kind of traditional financing or traditional financing on on close to commercial, you know, kind of normal commercial terms. Right. Um, and so the, the 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 capital flow and the different capital structures you could do um, safe or something like it passes in the next couple of months could be, I mean, exponential growth. Poor Hunter is just like he is. He is like. Uh, Charlie Brown and Lucy in the football. I mean, it is. <laughs> every time the farm, uh, every time the Save Banking Act, uh, there's some movement. He gets all excited that it's going to pass. By the time this uh, podcast is is live, we will have uh, a block up uh, talking about the lame duck session and how it's not going to happen. Uh, it should. The votes are there. Um, I, th- I just don't think the priorities are um, uh, in light of what uh, you know. Democrats are going to want to do before they lose uh, control of the House. Um, and so we'll see. It, 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 sh- it should happen. Um, and, you know, when 80 percent of people in Alabama and Mississippi want something and we can't. Um, uh, and eighty percent of people in Oregon and Washington State want something. The same thing, and we, you know, we can't get it past the Washington. Uh, that's sure. Just yet another sign that something's very obviously very. Um, but you know, we'll 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 constantly be on the lookout, and you can rest assured that Hunter will be letting you know every time there's a possibility that safe banking may pass. Well, but for that analogy, just to make sure we're sure on part of that, Hunter is the Charlie. It's trying to get. I'm the Charlie Brown, although it will become a yeah. Gronk Gronkowski spike once it finally happens. In this <laughs> uh, when I finally get right on the 50th time. <laughs> well, hey, <clears throat> talking about the blog, uh, uh, as we end up, tell how folks can follow uh, the Budding Trends blog. What What is the address for that? Yeah, but is you see, you got a BuddingTrendsBlog.com. Um, you can get to it to the through the Bradley website. Um, you can get either of our bios, or you can just go directly to buddingtrendsblog.com. And it's also in the notes here on the podcast, so people can always click down and scroll down and find where they can tap into it and be able to to learn more about that as well. 
Um, uh, Wet Steinecker, Hunter Robinson at Bradley Law Firm, thank you guys so much for sharing part of your hemp story as well as always um, getting our brains uh, uh, thinking about stuff uh, as it relates within the world of, of uh, the industrial hemp world. Thank you for that. And have a good um, have a good holiday time. Thanks, Nick. You too. If you are interested, our listeners want to know more about the Growers Cooperative and our commitment to building wealth for our members through regenerative agriculture and sustainable development. Go back and check our website out at nationalhempcoop.us. Uh, some previous episodes of, of uh, the podcast here, as well as learn more about the co-op and what we're doing. Until next time, thanks. This podcast produced and distributed by MWB Studios.